You're listening to Welcome to Eloma, a podcast for highly ambitious dreamers who get shit done. I'm your host, Kylie Peters. Are you burnt out, exhausted, stuck, uninspired? Sounds a lot like me in 2021, but I took the time and created the space to figure out what I really wanted, and then I made it a reality. That's what we're doing for other women business owners in our Defining Success Workshop series. Take the time to really define what you want, and then let's build a roadmap to make it happen. Our workshops are filled with strategic and tactical takeaways, are very action-oriented, and help you create change starting immediately. RSVP today for our December 1st Defining Success for Owners Workshop Series in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and visit us at ricksworkshops.com, that's R-I-X workshops.com, to learn more about our 2023 upcoming quarterly workshops in Nashville, Phoenix, Chicago, and Milwaukee. This is a space where we talk about financial strategy for small business owners. So I love understanding the money side of business. That has not always been true for me, but in recent years, I've just become obsessed with it. And for many entrepreneurs, I know it's a pretty scary and intimidating topic, but it's such a huge opportunity for all people, all owners especially. Um, And it's a big opportunity for people like today's guest, Ali Nasser, to help educate and make it a bit more accessible. So when I work with uh, my clients and, and other fellow business owners, I always stress the importance of understanding numbers and understanding finances and making a plan. And I'm working on becoming more educated about that myself. But I'm really excited to jump into this conversation with Ali. Um, We met earlier this year at the Exit Planning Summit in May of 2022. I'm thrilled to have him as a guest. We were both very busy, so it took us months to schedule this. But um, I'm thrilled to be having you on the show, Ali. Uh, Ali is a number one Amazon bestselling author, a serial entrepreneur, a wealth and life strategist. And he's really focused on supporting business owners in living their best life. We have a lot of things in common in that way. Welcome to Eloma, Ali. Thank you so much, Kylie. It's such a pleasure. I knew when I met you, there would be a deeper relationship and connection. And I'm really excited to be able to, to have this conversation with you and all your guests. Same. Same. Yes. Thank you so much for, for being on the show. Um, okay. We're just going to get into it. So tell me a little bit about what led you to focus on supporting small business owners with financial strategies. Sure. So I I got into the financial industry completely by accident 20 years ago while finishing university. It was just an accident. I think many entrepreneurs fall into their businesses by accident and they kind of just start out not necessarily knowing that that was a plan and that turned. And I was, I was, I loved the helping people side of the business. I really did not like the conflicts of interest, the sales, the kind of the, the, the slimy side of the business that it seemed to be everywhere in the financial industry. And I almost left the industry. And this is back okay. almost 20 years ago. I was like, it's just not the right industry for me. I enjoy the helping people part, but the rest just doesn't work. And then the entrepreneur kicked in me and said, well, why not just build what you wish existed? Ooh, I love that. And that was the birth. And, and it's, it turned into 
more con consultive fee-based planning strategy and guidance. And it became less about products and services and more about guidance and advice. And the natural affinity I had being an entrepreneur myself is I found that over the years, all my, all my closest clients, all my best clients were entrepreneurs also because we naturally had this chemistry and connection. Yep. I didn't realize what it was starting out. I was in my 20s just kind of figuring it out. And then about uh, 12 years ago, I was looking at the business and looking at the work that we did. And I said, we really need to fully focus in a niche and let's double down. And where can I create the greatest amount of impact value? And it was with entrepreneurs. So we made a strategic decision as a business then to say, we're only working with business owners and, and entrepreneurs. And, and we kind of, to, to my understanding, we're kind of the first firm at the time that said, this is who we are and who we serve and what we do. And that's it. And, it, mm -hmm. and since we made that decision, it's been just an incredible journey of going, you know, an, um, an inch, an inch wide and a mile deep in helping uh, entrepreneurs with their unique situation, unique balance sheets, unique mindset. Uh, and it's been an amazing, amazing journey. And what was the draw that brought you to that niche specifically? Like, obviously it came from a personal place, but like, what really brought you there? Purpose. Uh, I, just mic drop. That's yeah. Purpose. <laughs> purpose. Um, when I first started the firm, the tagline for the firm was wealth with purpose. Okay. And when you spend time with entrepreneurs, you realize how purpose driven their whole life is. And whether yes, they realize so it or true. not, I mean, it's that purpose is driving everything. And intentionality is one of the, the most important things in the world to me. So, uh, Purpose was, was the driver and working with people that had a sense of purpose about what they were doing, who they were, what they were creating, um, and kind of had a, I'm almost going to use the word obsession with creating <laughs> that's, that's a certain outcome, fair. Yeah. you know, cause I think people are passionate, you know, and, and a lot of entrepreneurs like, go right over that line to obsession. Over that line. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I would, yeah. I would agree with that. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's like a magnet. Yeah. Here you go. It's, yeah. it's a magnet. When you feel that passion and that obsession from people, you're, I'm drawn to supporting them. It's like, how can I help you get the outcomes that you're looking for? And then the empathy I have with owners being one is I know how unbelievably hard it is mm -hmm. to build a company, how many things have to go right in order for there to be success or profit or a culture or an environment that's really healthy yeah. and quality for the people you serve, the people you work with, your team, yourself. And that journey is hard. So and if it's I can a journey. make it, yeah, ah. keeps going. Right. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know. But if not, you're going to get back on the saddle. And, yeah, and figure something out. You know, that's 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 who you are. Yeah. Well, okay. So yes, yes, and to all of that. I mean, mm -hmm. as we know, and and listeners here are mostly we've got a lot of entrepreneurs, owners, visionaries, etc. There's a lot of moving pieces, but as we drill into the money piece of things, you know, we know that if you don't know your numbers, it's hard to really run a profitable business that can have a successful culture and all those things. Cause there's so many stressors that come along with not being clear on where money is. So as you are working with small business owners, what would you say are maybe like the top three things they need to know when it comes to building a comprehensive financial strategy? Mm, great question. Um, top three. This is going to be some critical thinking here. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure. Um, so the first one is you need to know your end goal for the company. Mm. And most business owners were really good at getting things started. 
we usually have some team members and support to help get things finished. So here, let's go yeah. do this. Let's get started. Well, when you say let's get started, when you start your company, you're, you're kind of like, it's like having a kid. You, 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 mm -hmm. you have the kid. You don't know how much work goes into it until you realize, whoa, how did I like these hours don't fit? Like, how do you, how do you get this all done? Yep. Um, so what's your end goal for the business? And there's kind of three paths that you can use your every, every business owner's goal, right? Is you want to create, you want to have the purpose that you created the business for succeed. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you want to be able to have enough success from the company that you have, you know, financial freedom, you have life freedom, that it gives you the freedom that you're looking for uh, from starting the company. Mm -hmm. So the purpose we've talked a little bit about, but the other outcome you want is how am I going to, how am I going to create personal value from this business that I've built? Mm -hmm. And it's either going to be one day you're going to, the end goal for the company might be, I'm going to sell the business one day at sale. It might mm -hmm. be, well, I'm going to have succession. I'm going to pass this to my son or daughter uh, and, and success this company on. And it may be savings. Like I'm going to use the profits that come from this company and say, I'm going to build up a personal wealth separate from the company to where mm -hmm. I have financial independence and whether the company thrives or doesn't make it past me or whatever it is, I've got financial independence. Mm -hmm. Most business owners I meet don't think about their end goal for the company. Yeah. So that's a big, big um, uh, element that's missing. Uh, the second one I'd say is they don't create a plan to capture their life's work. They're always build, build, build. Mm. But what's your capture strategy? How are you actually taking the business success that you've built and turning it into a, a capture strategy um, and developing the personal plans that that can support that business success. Okay, so I, now tell me more about what that means. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, I'll, I'll share with you a little bit of a story. So I had a business owner who was um, building up their, their wealth and their company had been very, very successful, had built a multi-million dollar net worth. And when it came to planning, their network, like actually, how do I make sure I'm minimizing tax and there can be succession for my children and I can have an investment strategy that is sustainable or if something happened to me, my spouse is going to be okay mm -hmm. and is going to have the cash flow that they need. And my kids aren't going to fight over the company stock because there was a clear succession plan, not a document in a drawer after mm -hmm. I died. So all those things, this particular business owner was putting all of them off, yeah, pushing them all aside, saying, Ali, Sorry, can't have a meeting. Um, attorney, sorry, can't do that. I've got to go build. I've got to go build more. I've got to go build more. So this is the type of business owner that for him, if he had a meeting scheduled with his professional team, tax, legal, financial, but he had a new prospect that showed up or a new business opportunity that showed mm -hmm. up the week prior, he would cancel all of that because I got to go right. hunt. So his subconscious brain was so focused on, I've got to keep building, 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 building. Yeah. And I'm looking at it on the flip side going, do you realize by not doing this, you could be making a $10 million or a $20 million loss or mistake, yeah. and you're chasing a $200,000 opportunity. And it, yeah. it's one of those moments, what I said to him, and this, this hit home is there reaches a point where planning what you have is more impactful than just growing it. Yeah. And, That's and a great it, point. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, there's a, there's a purpose in business. You've certainly in the early years, you've got to hustle, you've got to drive his yeah, subconscious sure. habits got to grow. You know, your first 
few years in business, like 70 to 80% of your time should be in growing the business, you know, and, and you got to, that's, that's what's needed. If you spend 80 to 80% of your time in operations or planning, you're not going to succeed. You're probably There's never going to be any money there. <laughs> exactly. So, um, uh, that, that's, uh, the second, um, uh, mm-hmm. kind of uh, gap and, or second most important thing. And the third, uh, I'm going to pull a quote from Dan Sullivan here, um, mm-hmm. of who, not how get oh. the right resources. I love Dan Sullivan. That yeah. book changed my life. Oh, it's awesome. It's actually sitting on, sitting on the shelf there. Um, yep. I've been, in, I've been working with Dan personally for 13, 14 years now. Um, incredible. yeah, incredible. But just the simplicity of the idea of who, not how, is so impactful because this is incredibly overwhelming. And if you think about your customer, whatever business you're in, your customer, if they tried to build what you provide as a solution, it's going to be a really hard journey to do what is that you do for them. Mm -hmm. And when you think about how do I bring together like my tax strategy, my wealth strategy, my business exit, my asset protection, my cash flow planning, aligning with my spouse, figuring out how to capture all my success, it's going to be overwhelming mentally. But if you can say, who can do that for me? Who can help me with that? Who's the guide? Mm -hmm. Who's, who's the right team? And it's not usually one person. There's a team that needs to be there. Um, That building that team and that resource network is going to pay back so much more than you ever put into it. Um, So finding the right resources to help support you in your vision. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. and again, who not how has totally changed things for me too. But I also love the statement, uh, you have to spend money to make money. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. really applicable when it comes to the who not how. Like just to your point, like don't be afraid to make the investment in somebody who can be an expert in the thing so that you don't have to try to figure out how to be an expert in the thing and you just focus, <clears throat> excuse me, you just focus on you know, your highest and best use of time. Because otherwise you're just spinning your wheels. I love that. Absolutely. Opportunity cost. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Opportunity cost. Okay. So you may have already covered it, but I want to give you the opportunity to, to add if you need to. So you already mentioned a couple of mistakes that owners make when talking about money and financial strategy. Anything else that you want to toss out there as like red flags for anyone listening? For, for potential mistakes? Yeah. Like don't do this. <laughs> mm, there's, there's so many. Um, uh, <laughs> the mean, rest of the ha- episode is just ways that people screw up. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you know, I think we've, we've covered the big ones. You had the top three there. Um, if there was another one I would, I would put in there, especially with your entrepreneur audiences, don't underestimate the importance of you. Ooh. You're the central part of your company. You're the central part of usually the, the cash flow and the income for your family. You're an integral part of your IP and your vision. And a lot of business owners kind of like, oh, well, you know, things will be fine if I'm not around. And, you know, the, the company will figure it out. You know, the, the, t- the family will be okay. You not being there is so impactful when you're an entrepreneur because you're connected yeah. to everything. So just don't underestimate the importance of you and taking the time to plan for you and in some ways even being like i need to selfishly plan for how i'm going to capture the fruits of my labor because growing 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 is really important but capturing is is also important and and don't discount that yeah 
I love that. Um, yeah, I work a lot with women entrepreneurs and, you know, we've all read the stats and all the things. So often women tend to put everyone else first and forget to take care of themselves. So for any ladies listening, this is a public service announcement. Don't forget <laughs> to put yourself first because there's also a lot of research that shows that when we do that, and when I say we, I mean all human, when we do take the time to put ourselves first, everybody else around us tends to reap those rewards as well. When we take the time to reset, when we take the time to take care of ourselves, when we take the time to reduce some of those stressors, it pays off in dividends to all those who surround us. So, yeah, Kylie's Kylie is speaking the truth here, and, and <laughs> the 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 analogy that I always love on this topic is you know put your mask on first you know, before yes. you put, yeah. And, airplane, and, yeah. And yeah, airplane analogy, right. And so many, and, and I'll, I'll speak to the women topic you just mentioned, but so many women are so selfless and giving towards others. But if you're not good emotionally, mentally, mm -hmm. financially, spiritually, if you're not in a good place, um, you're not able to serve those around you. So in many ways, being a bit selfish can allow you to be more selfless. Yep. So, you know, don't forget about you. I love that. Uh, oh my God. There's so many things that I want to talk to you about. Uh, let's, let's jump into this next thing. Um, you have written a book, the business owners dilemma, um, where you talk about how owners can integrate business, wealth, and life decisions, which we've kind of already talked about a little bit here. Mm -hmm. Um, because I, and I love that we are both trying to help owners like build, build and live their best lives. Right. So give us a little sneak peek into the book in terms of how you find this to be possible for owners. Cool. So I'm going to start with why I wrote the book. Cause I think you begin I, I just want to call like, I'm glad you love your book. I want, <laughs> I would be really sad for you if you were like, well, I didn't really like the book that I wrote, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. <laughs> you know, I th thank you for saying that. There's a lot of offers in me. And they're like, Oh, Lee, once you write your book, you're going to look at it a month after and you're going to be like, Oh, I hate this part. And you're, you're, you're yeah. going to, I'm happy to say it's been six, six months, seven months since the launch. I, I love the book and I feel great about it. And every <laughs> that I get from, from someone that reads it and goes, this was life changing or this made a huge impact. It's still like, gives me joy every day. Um, so the, the why behind it is about seven to 10 years ago. Actually, it's a little more than that now, uh, closer to 10 years ago. Um, I had a group of business owners that had reached the summit, right? The, the, the summit of success, they had sold their companies for 20 million, a hundred million, even $500 million, just wow. these big, like the type of dream someone has where I, my purpose was actualized. I, I reached the summit. I had this big exit and I got, I got compensated, you know, really well for the, for the work. And it was just a great, great journey ending. And what I noticed with these owners is that many of them were struggling. In fact, most of them were struggling after this exit event. Mm -hmm. They were struggling with their identity. They were struggling with the financial and life dilemmas they were facing with their success. Um, they were struggling with what's next uh, on their journey. And when I saw this, it made me hyper aware, hyper aware that wealth is a means and not an end. And if you think that wealth is your end, because many business owners, it's like, oh, I'm building this business to get to this end, this money. I need to get this independence. I want financial freedom. I can tell you that having, whether it's 20 million or 500 million of financial freedom, which either one gives you 
successful want. life, you, whatever you want, you yeah. know, um, it does, it will not fill your cup if you think that wealth is the end. Wealth is a means. It certainly makes some problems go away, but don't think because mm-hmm. you have a ton of wealth that your problems go away. Um, so the analogy that came to me as I was, as I was going through this journey with them is that, you know, reaching that summit, it's kind of like climbing a mountain. And if I ask you, Kylie, what's the goal of climbing a mountain? I want to climb the mountain. I want to say I did it. Yeah, you, you did it, but it, specifically most would say to get to the top. What's yeah. the goal? We'll get to that. Of course, definitely want to enjoy the journey and all that. But many will say, well, the goal of climbing a mountain is to get to the top. Now, while this may sound obvious, the real goal is to get to the top and to get back down back safely. Down. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that, yep. Okay. Well played. Right? And, 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 it, and it's. Stay up there. I'm going to hang out, build a little lodge. It'll be good. Yeah. yeah. The air is thin. I'll be yeah. fine. Altitude sickness won't be a problem. Um, <laughs> So while that sounds silly, the interesting statistic is that 80% of the accidents that happen when mountain climbing, they don't happen on the way up. They happen on the way down. And seeing this, it directly correlated to me to business success. I meet so many business owners that hit success, whether it's an exit or they now have the cash flows they've dreamt of, or they hit the mark where the business is really successful Mm -hmm. and they don't have, they haven't charted a path forward for the descent. They haven't figured out how to capture their success. And in many cases, it leads to unfulfillment, um, a loss of purpose, a lack of identity and, and seeing what these owners went through. I was, and a lot of them had some mental health challenges um, sure. going through this, right? Relationships damaged. Oh, I believe that. I was terrified for my own mental health. I was terrified for my own relationships. I was like, wait a second, that, that client that's going, th- that, he, I, I, I kind of looked at him like, I feel like I'm very much like you. I want to emulate you. And then mm-hmm. I'm watching this crisis happen, terrified for myself, terrified for other clients and said, how can we help create a better outcome? Yeah. And through that process, through the work that we did and the things that I've been doing the last two decades, we uh, the system, which the book introduces, the wealth integration system for entrepreneurs. If you're familiar with EOS, it's kind of like EOS, but for a business owner's personal wealth. How do you bring those pieces together, reshape the paradigms, create a plan, not just for growth, but a, a create a plan for capture as well, and basically help create the path to come down the mountain as well as go up. And that was the big why behind writing the book. And I wanted to democratize the framework. You know, the boutique that I run works with, you know, high net worth business owners and people with a lot of means and success. I'm like, this needs to be for every business owner. And I want the education and the freedom and the framework to have any business owner at any level have this democratized for them where they can get access to the the thinking system, the tools, the ideas. So all of the dilemmas, the six components, it's all brought in together inside the book for every owner that has poured their heart and soul into building their company and wants a path forward. I love it. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing, simple, and affordable podcast production agency. Hivecast has been instrumental in producing Welcome to Eloma, simplifying our workflow and making our lives so much easier. Their packages range from $500 to $1,000 a month to create audio, video, and marketing creative assets. They've saved us huge on both our bottom line as well as time spent. 
They also have a sister agency called Fireside, which offers marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, and so much more. And they're all at really reasonable prices for small business owners. The best part is that there's no contract. So you can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code ELOMACAST, E-L-O-M-A-C-A-S-T, and save 50% off your first month of services. Go ahead and give them a try. We have loved working with them. Okay, so I have to ask though, you know, we talk about walking the walk in, talking the talk. (laughs) Careful what you wish for. Uh -uh. Um, How have you... How have you integrated this successfully for yourself? You, you asked the loaded questions. Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll be as honest and, and I always am, but I'll be as honest and, and blunt as I can. There are parts of my planning that it's like the, the cobbler's kid has no shoes yep. where it's like, there's absolutely pieces where I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm okay. I can do that later. And then there's parts of my planning that have incredible levels of intentionality and I've, I've worked and executed towards that and, and, and started to actualize on that outcome. So it definitely is, is there's two sides to the coin. In progress. It's in progress. It's a work um, in progress. Okay. Uh, def- definitely work in progress, but it is absolutely in motion. And we've made many milestones um, in that journey. And candidly, writing this book and then creating the education and, and workshop company or, or, or education and content company that I created with WISE is all part of that, that greater purpose and actualizing on where I feel I can make the biggest impact in the world. Because there's planning and strategizing, and then there's education and resetting paradigms and mindset coaching and all those aspects. And having a platform to be able to impact the business owner community that way is, is, is definitely actualizing on that goal. Yeah. Does that kind of answer your question? No, that that that's there's no right or wrong. All right, cool. Um, that's awesome. I love that. Um, what is if you had like one or two tips for anybody listening right now? Maybe they haven't had a chance to read your book yet. If you mm-hmm. haven't, definitely check it out. But if they haven't had a chance to read your book, what's one big takeaway that is in the book that you want entrepreneurs to know right now? Hmm. So one big tip. So there's, there's three dilemmas in the book. Well, don't give it all away. I won't. Okay. I won't give it all away. Don't give it all away. Just Probably one. Fine. fine. <laughs> um, I would say the, the first thing they need to know is, and I've talked about it earlier, but what is your end goal for the company yep. and what actions can you take right now to help get you closer to that end goal? And if you haven't identified the end goal, that first step is to say, Hey, Here's my end goal. I want to build this company to generate cash flow from me, or I want to sell it in 10 years and, mm-hmm. and start communicating that goal. You can always change it. Goals can change. So don't feel like yeah. I have to commit to this forever um, because things can change. But identifying sure. the goal allows you to set course in a certain direction. If there's no clear end goal um, for what you want from the company and how you're going to get that to transfer to personal success, you're, you're like, it's like navigating to no destination. You're just driving. You're just going. Um, yeah. So, so start with Stephen Covey, right? Begin with the end in mind, and what is the end goal for the company, and what's one action that I can take right now to help get me closer to that end goal? Yeah, and you know, I will say too, like when I started Brainchild, somebody asked me this question, and I was like, "What?" 
<laughs> like to, to your point, you know, I believe most owners become accidental owners. Like we just start a yeah. thing. Right. And I remember having this conversation with somebody and they're like, oh yeah, I'm trying to build this company to be, you know, multi, multi, multi millions. I'm going to sell it for like $200 million. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. But I also don't know if they have like a real answer to that question. Mm -hmm. And so that's been something that I've really thought about. And, you know, I've heard this multiple times, like have the end in mind, start with the end in mind. But for anybody listening, know that this is very real <laughs> advice. And sometimes I think that can be kind of daunting. It's like, well, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out how to not fail in the first year, right? It's like, that's okay. But think about why are you starting this? Like what, what is the why and what are you hoping that it turns into? And like, just be honest with yourself. I think that's, that's something that I've found is like, sometimes I think people are afraid to say what they want yes. it to be. It, like, it definitely own it. It's okay. There's no right or wrong. Yeah. We're afraid of judgment. We're afraid mm -hmm. of making a mistake. We're afraid of failure. We're afraid that, you know, what if we change our minds? We're afraid to commit Yes. all those things. Fear, fear can be your, your best buddy in a not so good way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So just own it. And I love how you said like goals can change. We are human. It's weird if we don't change. So own it where you are right now and just be honest with yourself throughout your journey. Yeah. Um, I have gotten in this habit of asking my guests like a slightly embarrassing question about themselves. And it turns out to be like my favorite part of every episode. So Ali, you're not going to get out of this one. Right. Um, we're talking about money and finances in this episode. So I'm going to ask you, what is your most embarrassing moment when it comes to money management? personally my most embarrassing moment yes um like, damn i shouldn't be telling people this but <laughs> this is the truth can it can i tell you two yes please. i'm gonna tell you two because the two come to mind i don't know which one to share uh, so i'll just share them both so the first was when i was in college my first year of university um, i got a credit card it, it came in the mail and i i didn't exactly know how i thought a credit card I, my parents were like very much anti-debt people. Um, okay. So when I got a credit card, I, I, I was like a $500 credit limit and I used the credit card and I, I think I overspent, like it went to like 550 or something like that. And my thought was, is you can, I, you pay it off in full. So I called the credit card company and they said, well, your minimum payments only whatever it was like $70 that you need to pay. And I was like, minimum payment? What does minimum payment mean? I don't, I don't understand. Like you're saying, I don't have to pay the whole amount of money. And they're like, do you know what a credit card is? <laughs> and I was like, I thought I did. I thought I charged money and then I pay it all off at the end of the month. You're telling me I only have to, there's only this minimum payment. And that was my first. I'm like, that's how financially like unknowledgeable I was when it came just to a credit card. Uh, so that's my first story. Um, the second one was, is when I was, when I started in the business, and this was later in college, funny, they went from a $500 credit limit. I got a $30,000 credit card loan to hire my first employee. Okay, so you did something right in those couple yeah. of years there. They were I like, mean, oh, let's give them some more money. They, they did, or they just want to take advantage of you. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but I started in the business. And I was like, I got this credit card off. It was like $30,000, 0%, you know, um, and I was like, this is going to be my line of credit to okay. go hire my first employee. It's like making me itchy over here. So yeah, I was <laughs> a full-time college student and 21 years old and, and 
had a $30,000 credit card line of credit to start my first team member. And that was how the journey began. And that worked out for you. And it worked out great. Okay, I was the $30, judged by everybody. My, my quote unquote, like it was in a, uh, uh, eat what you kill type of business, but yeah. I had a lot of judgment. Like, what are you doing? Are you crazy? Do you know what you're doing? And I was like, no, I got this. Like, there's a plan here. Like the worst case scenario, you know, something doesn't work out. It doesn't have to be a whole year's salary. You can figure out in a month or two if someone's yeah. going to work out or not. And I kind of mitigated the things and I was like, Hey, it's cheap, free money. And you know, I can't get that anywhere else. And now's the time. It's now or never. So, um, okay. I would never tell anybody to do that, but, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm I mean, like, Oh my God, <laughs> please don't tell me that this wound up and you like losing a limb or something. <laughs> no, it all worked out, but it, it, um, you know, probably wasn't the smartest, uh, uh, most prudent uh, money management decision I could have made. There you go. Okay. Yeah. But it wasn't terrible. You didn't end up like in insane debt. You, you did okay. No, I haven't had any of those situations with, I mean, uh, oh, I just thought of a third, but I'm not going to go there. Well, maybe I should. You no, know I I'm going to ask no, you to go there this one was really now, stupid. Though. This was really bad. Okay. So also while I was in college, there was these day traders, uh, two, or, two of them that were at my university, and they would sit I, uh, they'd sit in this place called the fishbowl and they had all these screens and it was like glass all around and they were like analyzing charts and basically looked like a little hedge fund. And they're like, Oh yeah, we can make, um, X percent per month in investment returns. And I did take out about $10,000 in credit card debt Ooh. at X and gave it to them to trade. Like, well, they're, they're going to make, you know, one to 2% a, um, a month, and I'm paying, or sorry, no, more than that. It's actually more like, I think it was more like four or 5% a month. And I'm paying this much lower rate. And essentially, lo and behold, six months later, they came and said, we've lost all the money. Yep. And okay. it was one of those, yeah, I got greedy and I wanted to get this great return and make this arbitrage. And it absolutely didn't work out that way. They lost every, and it was not just me. It was like me and like five other people that had given them capital. Ouch. And we all law and we're in, we're in school, you know, we're yeah, paying our tuition, working is a full lot time. Of money. It's huge. It was my life Especially savings. a college student. Yeah. Life savings. So that may be even, even more embarrassing story. Cause okay. that's yeah, just. No, that, yeah. that one has a bit more, a, a few more teeth. All right. Someone open books. So you just got okay. three out of me. All right. There we go. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Ali, tell me a little bit about what you're working on now. What's coming up next for you? Yeah. So basically the big, big goal right now is um, taking the IP and experiences and things that I've learned working with entrepreneurs this last two decades and creating um, an educational platform and framework for business owners to get guidance. Guidance independent of any type of financial solution uh, or financial service, I should say. Um, no products, money, made, but like helping give them the guidance and advice. So the book introduces this uh, wealth integration system for entrepreneurs. And I essentially have two businesses. Uh, the first business is a company I've owned for, you know, 13, 14 years now, AltruVista, which is a boutique advisory firm for successful business owners. So we kind of are the who for a business owner that wants to know how do I plan my life's work? 
And then the education and content company, which is called Wise Global. And Wise Global is, is a workshop program, an educational program where business owners can say, hey, I'm going to go to a, a workshop. I'm going to learn and understand and get education and coaching around all these different topics um, and help reframe a lot of the wealth that I've built and my path forward and do that in an, in an education environment that's independent of any type of, of financial service. So those are the two, two pathways. And then I want to continue to, you know, create good content and write good books and help spread the message and just be the business owner's advocate. I love it. Uh, we've talked a lot about purpose. Uh, so tell me what is the impact you want to make on the world or the legacy you want to leave? The legacy that I want to leave in the world. So these are my, my three most important a, outcomes in my, I literally have this tape next to my desk. So it's it. like, what are the three things that matter to me in the world? Uh, so the first is uh, that I make a positive and meaningful impact in the world. The second is to experience love and joy with the relationships that truly matter to me and where I can be me, both giving and receiving. And third is I feel connected emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, and I'm present at every moment enjoying the journey. Um, I love it. So those are uh, probably not exactly what you're looking for there, but those are the three. And, and the way it manifests, which I think was what you're really asking, how does that manifest, is I want to help people find their best path forward. And the people that I've, I've, where I have the unique expertise and the unique empathy is with business owners. I want to help every single business owner I come in contact with find their best path forward and feel mm -hmm. empowered towards um, taking that journey. Well, I feel like there's a lot of conversations you and I need to have because we, we share very similar goals in mind. Um, all right. My last question for you, Ali, yeah. is what is your greatest insight or discovery about life and entrepreneurship? It's a great question. Um, it's all in our mind. Oh, so, that's so good. <laughs> um, there are, there's a quote and I, I can't remember it right now, but I'll, maybe I'll send it to you, um, you know, after the podcast, if I can find it, but it's essentially saying, that if we if our minds are the lens through which we experience the world so mm -hmm. if we can control our minds we can essentially control the world because it's yeah. our reality yeah and what i've known is you can have all the money in the world you can have freedom of time freedom of relationships freedom of your your intention direction if you don't have freedom from your mind you are going to limit your experience. And in many cases, you can have every cup otherwise filled. But if you don't have freedom from your mind, you might be suffering. And yeah. on the flip side, if you can treat your mind like a muscle or the best example I had was from Eckhart Tolle. And he said that like, uh, I don't know if you've read the book, The Power of Now. But if you I, haven't. I haven't yet, but it's on my list. Well, I'll give you the, the skinny is that um, the majority of us will spend our lives either in regret or remorse of the past or in anticipation and anxiety of the future. And we miss out on the most important part, which is the present, the right now. Yeah. And if you think of your mind as like a, a, an instrument, let's just say this is my mind and it's a violin, right? I pick up the violin, I play it. And then when I'm done playing the violin, I put it down and I'm, I'm present. I'm not using it. 
And mm-hmm. as entrepreneurs, so myself absolutely included, we tend to live the entire time using our mind. Middle of the night, yes. we're analyzing. All day, we're yes. analyzing. We're sitting I'm on a podcast with Kylie and I'm thinking about, oh, I've got this thing coming up. You're not always present. Yeah. And the greatest joy in life comes from being present and experiencing your mind and using it, uh, being a master of your mind versus a slave to your mind. And the greatest lesson I've learned so far in life is that if you can, if you can control your mind or at least have some tools and mechanisms to manage it better, your experience for life will, will change drastically. Oh my God. I love that so much. Okay. Wise, wise, wise words, all puns intended by <laughs> Ali Nasser. Um, thank you so much for joining us and imparting all of your beautiful wisdom on us today. Ali, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? The easiest thing is I'm happy. Just drop me a note, Ali at alinasser.com. Uh, A-L-I at A-L-I-N-A-S-S-E-R.com. Uh, check out the book, Business Owner's Dilemma. And um, yeah, if you've got anything or any thoughts come to mind, just alinasser.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for anybody listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please go ahead and leave us a review wherever you're listening. And Ali, this is definitely not the end. We've got so much more to talk about. Thank you so much for being a guest. Kylie, it's been, you're most welcome. It's such a pleasure. And I am excited to to stay in touch and uh, connect further. To continue learning how to better build your business and make your vision a reality, subscribe to the Welcome to Eloma email list at welcometoeloma.com.